Welcome to Sober Holic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome back to Soberholic Podcast. I'm your host, Roger Bowes, and I'm in studio with my co-host, Jason Russ. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? You remember like that from scream. like the 90s? Yeah, that like scream where that came from, wasn't it? Yeah. What's up? I think it actually came up before that, but I don't know. So anyways, man. Ooh. Taking that mic out. I, I, yeah, you got mad at the microphone out. in I here. Sure, it may get a hold of me. <laughs> well, if you're new to the show, um, what we do every week is we come on, we talk about uh, we talk about sobriety, and that sobriety may look different depending on who you are um, and your issues that you struggle with. But you know, sometimes we talk about how we've went through our sobriety, and the steps we've taken to um, to stay sober now, or we bring on guests that maybe talk about their testimonies of how they've done it. And if you've never done it, I, I hope that if this sounds like it's a good podcast to you and brings value to your life, then you could go on to any of your podcast listening platforms, iTunes or whatever, and you can go down and give us a, a rate or a review. Um, and that really helps us get the show out. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? So, um, you, you kind of knew where I was headed, but I went out to Dover, Tennessee, right? Yeah. That is almost up on the Kentucky line. Whoa. And so our listeners who don't know us, we're based out of Birmingham, Alabama, or yeah. just right outside of Birmingham. So it was a four and a half hour drive, but, um, it was beautiful up there in Tennessee, how we drove up through. It was a lot of 65 North, but anyways, we got off the back roads and it was just beautiful out that way. But I went up there and I spoke at a, um, addictions conference Saturday night and it was, a, a conference put on by hands and feet ministries. And I, I got to share my testimony with uh, the crowd there. And then, uh, the next morning I got to preach at a church called the, the, Fa- the church of faith and grace. I had yeah. to get that right. And so I I preached there, and I got to meet a lot of just wonderful people. And it was cool being on the road, going to just a new place that I didn't know everybody there. And and it's cool every time I get to go speak and kind of run into more like-minded people, right? Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what we do on the show when we get to talk to listeners, Mm -hmm. people who understand our mindset, right? Right. And what we get to talk about. It opens doors and knocks down barriers. It does open a lot of doors. and. That's kind of what I was thinking about as I was doing this, meeting new people and talking about my past. It brought me to the idea of, of this idea of being grateful of where I've came from. And that's weird for me because uh, I don't know about you, but when I used to first to go to meetings, there would be a couple of people that would kind of introduce themselves as I'm so-and-so and I'm a grateful or, or I'm grateful to be an alcoholic or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. And I was like, how are you grateful yeah. to be an alcoholic? Because I was still, I was still, I was fresh in recovery and it hurt still. And there was nothing fun or happy about any of it. You remember that moment? Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, there was like a long time when I was first going to meetings that a man in a long black robe, had, <laughs> um, otherwise known as a judge, was the one that motivated me to go to meetings. Right. So I didn't want to be there in the first place. So I go into these meetings, and there's people laughing. They're carrying on. They're driving cars that aren't dented and have, you know, cracked windshields. And, well, I didn't even have a car at the time. But, you know, they, they look like 
they look like they're they're living a life that was something that I wanted at the time, but I just couldn't understand how they could be happy and going to these meetings and not using and drinking and doing all that. And then especially when I would hear somebody say, I'm grateful that I'm an alcoholic, just blew my mind because it just seems insane that you would be grateful to be an alcoholic. And it was quite some time before I finally understood it. And I would say even now, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I'm, I I always feel grateful that, you know, I'm a drug addict and alcoholic or recovering drug addict and alcoholic. But a lot of times I am now, but it it takes a while to get there. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I guess I could say right now that I am grateful, uh, for all of my past. Um, yeah. Because it it gave me the opportunity to go speak this past weekend and meet these new people. Had we not have done this show, this podcast, he would have never got to know me to invite me mm-hmm. to go out there in the first place. And you know, often on the show we talk about our past and our struggles, and so that gave gave me the opportunity to go do this. And and as I shared my testimony at this conference uh, Saturday night. You know, I share my, my story a lot at different places, and I when I share it, it's almost like I'm not talking about me anymore. Right. It's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm separated from that because I'm not that person anymore. But when I share that testimony, it brings back those memories, and it keeps it fresh, and it gives hope to other people. Oh, yeah. But it makes me think of um, – I've kind of heard it put this way before, and maybe I can say it to make sense to you, and I don't know if you've kind of heard it this way, but – um, when I walked into recovery, everything hurt. I mean, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things, because it was fresh. Everything was fresh. And it was, it was kind of like when I lost my hand, um, when I, when I first, you know, I had a mortar round blow up on me and we've talked about all those things and what well, actually didn't blow up on me. It cut through my hand and everything but like my thumb and without getting too graphic they had to remove some stuff to make it all work back out right because right, it was just a mangled mess mm-hmm. and it was fresh and after they they did the, the surgery and all I, I guess i probably had 20 or 30 staples uh through there to, to hold everything back together and there's tons of swelling and it hurt to touch it and i didn't want nobody to look at it because it was it was weird and deformity and all those different things and you know, I was really insecure about all that, and it was just a, an open wound, you know, and and so it was literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and didn't want nobody to touch it, right? And it was just, it was bad, and there was no hope in when I was in the midst of that wound, and now later after I went through rehab and all that, all that healed, right? Yeah, and now there's just scars there, and just you know, it's not even that bad of a scar anymore as I look at it. And that's how, how, how I kind of see recovery. When I look at my life now, I see the scars of my past, but because I was able to heal through working the steps, it's given me a, a new life. And so I'm not afraid of the scars today. The scars just tell a story. And it's, it's a story of redemption of what God's done in my life. And, I mean, do, do, can you understand what I'm oh, saying when yeah. I say that? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an excellent analogy um because you know at, at first it, it is so raw when you first get into recovery you can't see how what you went through and the pain that you went through could be used to help somebody you're not thinking about that 
you know that that takes you know time and working working a, a program of recovery, working with a sponsor and and just a, a lot of patience to where you can get all that garbage out, working the steps or whatever program you're working, and get some healing before you can actually identify that hey, you know all that pain that I went through, all those trials and tragedies that I went through in the past, they can actually be used to help somebody else, which to me is incredible because it makes it all feel like it wasn't for nothing. Right. You didn't just go through the pain just for no reason at all. You know, it's kind of like one of the one of the first kind of tragedies in my life that the first time I ever learned that something uh, like a tragedy or a pain could be used to help other people was my dad passed away when I was uh, 12. And then later on in my teenage years, when I was really involved in church and stuff like that, there was a couple of friends that had, you know, uh, a parent pass away. And I was like, Hey, I was able to come alongside them and say, Hey, I know what you're going through. You know, I know this struggle and I'm here for you. And just to have somebody, I, I didn't know what to say to them or anything like that. But when when you have somebody that's been in where you are and been in your shoes, it can be that can be the the, the biggest difference between just going off off the edge, you know, just knowing that somebody's been through this before and that that camaraderie that you share because you've been in the same place, you've been in that hole, you've been in that pit together and that somebody else knows what that's like is powerful. It's funny you say that because one of the speakers there at the conference, he talked about that very thing, and he referred to it as empathy and sympathy. And, you know, sympathy is kind of like, oh, I'm sorry that you're having to go through this, or I feel so sorry that this is happening to you, or whatever, where empathy was more so of, you know, I'm going to get down the hole with you because I've been here before. And to to give you hope in that way, not just to feel sorry for you, but to understand. He also said that you don't always have the answers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've been that way. I don't always have the answers. But the coolest thing about it is if someone's willing to crawl down the pit with me, then they know the way out. Yeah. And that's what I've seen in recovery is that people are willing to get down that hole with me. And so I, I wanted to kind of just – and we've already kind of opened this up, but I want to talk about how we can take our past struggles and make for better tomorrows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I looked, I kind of reviewed a lot of this. Maybe it's an inventory. I don't know that I really took it as an inventory, but I, I kind of just thought about these things a little bit. And I believe that, I don't know about you, uh, but with me, I walked into recovery with a lot of resentments against God, and I blame God for a lot of things that happened in my life. And someone always has to be at blame in my my way of thinking. There's there's always got to be that person who. It's has not to, you. Yeah, it's not going to be you. Well, there, it is today. Well, today, better, but, but not then initially. it was never yeah. me. It was uh, <laughs> you know, I was the victim, right. and it was somebody else's fault. And I, I, I share in my testimony that God allowed me to go through those struggles in my life so that others could find hope in him. Yeah. He didn't make me do it, but he allowed me to go through them. And it took me a lot, long time, a lot of step work and a good sponsor to, to point those things out to oh, me. Oh, yeah. But uh, as, I, as I think more about that now, I look back and say that we would not be friends today 
was it not for my past struggles? Because I would have never met you in recovery. There would be no right. recovery to go to. I would have never been the parent that I am today. I'm not saying I'm a great parent, but I believe I'm a good parent. You know, um, there's always room to improve, but I think that my recovery has shaped who I am and how I lead and teach my kids today. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know, Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, just the first one I thought of when you were talking then was I wouldn't be married to my wife now if it wouldn't have been for recovery. If I wouldn't have gone down to new Orleans to go to rehab, then we would have never met, you know? And that's hard to think about, you know, because she's one of the greatest blessings in my life that God's blessed me with and is a a partner with me in ministry. Um, Not only is she incredible wife, but she supports, you know, me trying to help people and uh, doing this podcast. Um, And she's always, you know, um, talking about recovery to others and you know if she, she'll send somebody hey you should talk to jason if somebody asked her about addiction stuff and so that was the first one that popped in my mind you know that i wouldn't have that if, if it wasn't for recovery and then you know I, i've i've been told by a few other people that i can be pretty laid back sometimes you know um i know i say sometimes that i struggle with anger but it's all kind of inward it's hard for me to get really upset at people. And I think that's from working the steps and working a, uh, a program of recovery o- over the course of years, because whenever somebody acts out at me and it's something that would normally make another person really angry, I always try to figure out what's going on with them. What is their issue? You know, why are they, why are they acting like that? Because I'm trying, I want to understand it. I want to just react to it and and get mad at them. Now, traffic, that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Traffic does not count. No. But I'm with you. It gives you a different perspective. Yeah. And um, if I can see that someone is acting out towards me, it gives me the opportunity to kind of think what's what's going on with them. Maybe it's a kid that's just being rebellious at home, and and I'm the one, I'm the whipping post today. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've done that to people. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that I, I've got it all together, but, but it does give me a different perspective. And I would not have that had I not had my past. Right. Uh, you know, one one cool thing is I, I look back at when I walked into recovery. I thought it was all over. Like I had burnt so many bridges. Like my parents, they had kind of quit having anything to do with me because they had lost hope in me, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. But uh, today, like my dad, he's he's like my best friend. He was my best man in my in my wedding. But like we do everything together. And had I not had the past, it wouldn't make me grateful for the relationship I have today. Right. And I never thought that would have been restored. Now I I get, and somebody could make the argument: had you not went down the road you you went down, you may have had a better relationship with your father today. I would disagree with I that. Dis- I, I don't know. That's something I've thought about a lot in recovery before is that I actually think my life is better now and that I have the capability to experience more joy and more happiness now than than if I would have never went through all the things that I went through. It's kind of like when you experience such a deep level of pain 
I think it kind of expands your ability to experience gratitude, joy, and happiness also. Does that make sense? It does, completely. Because, like, if I would have never went through all that stuff, then, you know, I struggle with contentment and stuff like that. I think that would be a thousand times worse now because I wouldn't have the past to look back on and say, thank you, God, for how far you've brought me. I have a driver's license now. I wouldn't I wouldn't have all those simple milestones to look back on and be thankful and grateful for. I would just be like, yeah, you know, life's just okay, I guess. You know, I'm just kind of going along here. Um but I, I I think the gratitude part especially, like I would I don't I just don't see myself you know having the type of gratitude that I get to experience some now if I would have never went through all that. Yeah, and I don't want this to come across like I did this because God is the one that's got me sober. God's the one that's kept me sober. But had I not went through recovery and kind of have beat the odds that everybody said was unbeatable, then I don't think I would have dug in and tried to marathon run. You know, those are just – just achievable um there are their achievable goals but i don't think that i would have ever had the heart to even try to attempt something like that and again i, I don't want to say that i got me sober and so now i can do whatever no it's that god if you can bring me out of that you know to overcome addiction then to run a, a run is is chump change compared to that yeah you know, so I, I think I face some of the biggest giants I can face, and I know there's other ones, but um, and there it could be worse, right? Yeah. But I've seen, you know, I've seen giants in my life, and God's walked me through that stuff. Yeah, because neither you or I should really even be here, right? You know, when you really come down to think of it, and um, I know that's kind of, you know, took a serious turn here. But, I mean, that's the reality of it, especially with drugs and alcohol, is so many people don't get the chance to get sober. And so, you know, I I, I should strive more to see every day as, as a true gift um, and to try to take advantage of that to try to help other people to get that too. But that's the cool thing about our listeners today. <laughs> if they're hearing this, whether they're a day sober or a year sober, there's breath in your lungs to do it today. There's still a chance. You know, and so I think it's cool to take hope from others, and maybe we're showing that hope today. I hope we're showing that hope today because that's what we try to do on here is to show people that there is hope and there is another chance to do it, even if you're just now coming back in off of a relapse. You know, we know what that's like, and but they're not mandatory. You don't just have to keep doing them. You can do something different and get out of that cycle of addiction and use that relapse that you're going through right now to be tomorrow's story. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you ne- you never have to take another drink or another, another drug again in the rest of your life. You, d- you don't have to do it. And the elevator is going down and you can get off whenever you want to. So there's scripture that backs everything that we're saying up. And I don't know if you know it. But it's in Romans eight twenty eight, and this is the NIV version. It says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's what I've seen for me is that God has taken all of that past stuff of mine and he's turned it into good things today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how can you take blowing your hand off and make that good? There's no way you're going to regrow your hand. And I would agree. It will not regrow. And, but 
what it's given me the opportunity to do is to show, um, I don't know, I think I may have told you, I don't know if it was on the show or not, but one day I was coming home from church with my, my son, and he told me, you should be a public speaker. And I'm like, why do you think that? And he's like, because you've got an amazing story, Dad. Uh, and he went in to talk about how you were you were a veteran and you lost your hand and you don't let anybody keep you down. He's, I think you can do anything. He's proud of you. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I got chills thinking about this. My son thinks I can do anything, and we both know that's a lie. <laughs> but he thinks that, and that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, and so he sees – my kids don't see me without a hand. They forget that. We yeah. do stupid stuff all the time where, you know, he tried to hand me a deck of cards the other day. So here, you shuffle better than I do. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I forget you have a hand too all the time. So, you know, um, so to sit there and say uh, that my hand's a bad thing, I don't think it's a bad thing today. I think it actually gives me the opportunity to do things that I never would have done with two hands. Oh, I mean, the amount of jokes alone that there, you get out of it. Mm. Oh no! Wait, actually, it's not worth the jokes. But yeah, I'm sure you'd rather have a hand than the jokes. Yeah, I've gotten so used to it now; it's not been that big a deal yeah. anymore. Um, the morning has kind of finished with that, and that's the reason I can joke about those things now. I know that it's tough for a lot of people to, to get past that morning part of that, right. or to get out of that misery part of that. You know, um, I, I can think of different times, even in my sobriety, I've had to go through those ups and downs one time my my wife and i we were trying to have a child um in between i think it was my jackson the one i was just talking about and my youngest one which is brooklyn and when she got pregnant we were so excited and then she ended up miscarrying and she uh, it, some problems happened in, in one of her tubes and she had to have all that cut out and i was worried about even losing my wife it wasn't that serious but it really threw it in my face that something right. could happen to yeah. her through pregnancy and I, I was really tore up about all that for a while i didn't want to have kids anymore and you know i didn't even want to talk about kids anymore neither did she and it hurt and the pain was real and then later um we both decided that it was time to do this thing again and try to have children again and we were blessed with our, our our youngest child brooklyn yeah but um it took it took me going through that to mm. understand that and so i think that even our people that listen to us may be in that spot where you just you can't see the the light right now it doesn't look like there's hope there there doesn't look like better things are coming but i hope they can hear our story just just some of these examples that we've talked about and see that Better things are coming. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the last thing you want to do after to to tell somebody, like, when they've just lost a loved one or gone through a divorce or something that's painful is right after it happens, go, you know what? It's going to get better. This this too shall pass. They don't want to hear that then. Right. But what what I think is where the hope comes in is is seeing other people's stories and hearing other people's stories saying hey look they made they made it through that you know and then so you know if if some of our listeners are listening and they're like well I didn't struggle with drugs and alcohol you know that's not my thing I don't I didn't go to jail and all that stuff what would what would you th- say is is a way for somebody who maybe has a different struggle or a different addiction or, or habit to see all the things that they went through as a way to help somebody else. 
Well, I think all of our past experiences, whatever they are, could be used. Um, I've seen just personally friends of mine who struggle with, let's just say, weight. Mm-hmm. And they've been up and down on yo-yo diets, and they, they lose some weight and crash and burn, and you know they gain it all back or whatever. Some of them have surgery, and then you know the, the list goes on and on of what happened. But now I see some of these people now that – are in the fight right now and they're losing the weight and they they've learned now that food is more than just an idol in their life that it's more of a it's a way to live and so now they're eating for the nutritional value rather than the opportunity to numb a pain or something that in itself is a testimony because now they are are eating healthy, um, and and they would tell me, and they've told me many times because you know I've had my bouts with eating through here, and they tell me the food's always going to taste good, right? It's always going to be yeah. good, but you know that they eat to live rather than live to eat, and so that in itself has been an inspiration to me. They can use their bad eating habits they've had in the past and how they've turned it into good eating habits to show me hope that, that if they can do it, I can do it. And that you can have a victory over a struggle in your life. Right. And I, I, I know a lot of times I'm, I'm always looking for like, whenever I'm in conversation with a stranger or whatever, I usually hardly ever miss a chance to, like if the door opens up where they're talking, oh my son, you know, well he's he's he went off to rehab or whatever, and then I'll be like, you know, I, I went to rehab too. I'll I'll always look for a door, and usually you're only like I'm usually only like two or three questions away from, you know, if somebody just asked me two or three questions, I can get into my story pretty quick. And I like doing it not because I don't I like talking about myself or anything, but just because of what God has done. And I like to, you know, I obviously emphasize that it wasn't me that look what God did in my life, you know. And there there's always a way to to get into your story and to get into your testimony about your victories over different struggles that you've overcame to show hope to the next person. Yeah, if there wasn't a struggle, we wouldn't have a victory. Right. And so if we didn't have yesterday's struggles, we couldn't share about tomorrow's victories. Yeah. And so regardless of where you're at, if you're if you're down in a valley right now instead of a hilltop, um, there's a reason you're there. Yeah. And you So know, you can you, reach out. Exactly. And then through that, you know, you can you can grab somebody else's hope. Yep. So that you can hang on to. And when you're on one of those mountaintop experiences where things are going good for you, you can pull somebody up on top of that mountain with you. Yep. And that's what I believe the whole idea of recovery is, is just showing hope to the next person. And I don't believe there's a better way of doing it than, than sharing our testimony right. of what God's done in our life. Because ultimately, he receives the glory out of it. And I, I think that's what it's supposed to be anyway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you when you share personal stories of of overcoming addictions and hurts habits and hangups like nobody can refute it like nobody can say no that's not true for you because you lived it and you went through it and so nobody can take that away from you and um, especially the victory if you've experienced any kind of freedom from a hurt or a habit or a hang-up and overcome that struggle nobody can take that away from you and you you can give god all the glory that's it man well, um, I think that um, we want to hear stories. Well, without a doubt, we want to hear stories. Yeah, send and us stories. 
and I, I think our listeners can send those to us. And uh, many of our listeners have got stories, and they just haven't figured out how to send them to us yet. Yeah. And that's what we've been trying to get out for the past episode because we want to hear more um, of our listeners' stories on air. And they can send that to us at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. It's probably the easiest way to send that to us. Uh, you can send it on our Facebook page at soberholicpodcast. You can DM us on Instagram. I don't direct, say you just lost me. message. I know that's what it is, but I don't know how to do any of that. Yeah. So Instagram airplane button. Ah, there you go. Yeah. See, the, I'm just, I feel like an old fart when I nah. talk with you on here. But that that's the coolest ways to get, uh, or the easy, not the coolest, the easiest way to get <laughs> with us is to do those things. And we want to hear those things. Yes. Um, and if you'd like for us to come out and speak at your place, um, same thing. You can get us at Podcast at gmail.com it's probably the easiest way to get a hold of either one of us that way yep and um you know again and we say this a lot i feel like i'm begging people when i say this but i believe in it i believe in what we do and i believe our listeners believe in what what we do and sometimes it's just hard and they don't understand how to do this so i'm going to say it one more time is that if you believe that that we create value and that, that we are putting out good content then go especially like i can tell you i can tell you how to do itunes if you go to, to iTunes and you click on um, Soberholic you know, the Podcast, li- you know, the library on Soberholic Podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see a four or five star, something like that, and you can rate it. You can literally click the button of the stars you think we're worth, or you can write a review and just talk to the other listeners about what you think of the show. And it's that simple. Yep. It literally takes less than a minute to do that. And that helps move us up in ranks and helps us reach a larger audience and that's what we want to do we just want to show uh hope to everyone that hears us that's right so man i think that's one more in the books i love doing this every week with you and hopefully we'll have someone else to bring on the show next week yeah i'm sure we'll bring good content anyway yeah all right so i'm roger i'm jason we're signing out thanks for listening to soberholic with roger and jason If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberHolicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.